Hello, health investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. If you've been following along the last couple of weeks, you know that this episode is the third and final episode in the series of actionable tips for sustaining a healthy diet and lifestyle. If you haven't already listened to my conversations with Tracy and Kylie in parts one and two, you'll definitely want to check those out. Today, you're going to hear from Lara and Viviana, the faces behind The Realness Project. Lara and Viviana are sisters living in San Antonio, Texas. What started as a personal love for all things fitness and health became a professional passion and The Realness Project was born. As nutritional therapy practitioners, Lara and Viviana are dedicated to helping others heal their body through the power of food, movement, and mindset. They are committed to providing solutions in the never-ending search for health and wellness that fit into your real life. I must say, it was so cool to interview sisters about their similar and different takes on all things nutrition and wellness. I just know you're going to love the insights they share. But before we get to the interview, I want to share an Apple podcast review with you. Nicole M.K.E.Y. rated the Health Investment Podcast five stars and wrote, Informative and entertaining. Brooke is so knowledgeable about nutrition and offers very helpful and more importantly, realistic advice on how to incorporate healthier habits into your day to day. This podcast will change the way you eat. Thank you so much, Nicole, for those kind words. I'm glad the tips, tricks, and habits you've learned so far on the Health Investment Podcast are realistic, because that's my goal. If you have two minutes to spare today, I'd be so grateful if you'd share your honest feedback on Apple Podcasts. I know it can be kind of tricky to figure out how to write a review, So I created a special link. If you visit thehealthinvestment.com slash review, I walk you through a simple, foolproof three-step process. Thank you so, so much in advance. Okay, it's time to hear what Lara and Viviana have to say. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing, you deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing, there are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm gonna share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness because I wanna help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Lara and Viviana. Thank you so much for being with me here with me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. I'm Viviana. Hi, and I'm Lara. I was just saying off air, this is my first time recording two people. So this is an exciting first for the health investment. It's an exciting first for us too. We, it is our first podcast. So we're very excited to be here. Oh, awesome. That's great to know. So 
My first question for every guest or for guests in this case is, can you tell me about your story and your background and specifically what led you to the nutrition and health space? Sure. So um, we're sisters. We live in San Antonio currently, but we both grew up in Mexico. As it happens with a lot of us in this industry, we started out with health and fitness in our own personal journeys about probably eight, eight years ago. We wanted to lose weight, get healthy, and kind of all of the typical reasons. And that soon became a, really a passion of ours. And we started out with mainstream solutions, doing lots of cardio, doing the low-fat diet and everything that we now know um, is not necessarily the best. And like many people, we had lots of ups and downs, tried every diet known to humans, and slowly listen to our bodies. And that I think is the most valuable lesson we learned. Um, and as we, you know, progress through our own journeys, we started getting certificates. So we are both nutritional therapy practitioners through the NTA Association. And we're currently in Chris Kresser's ADAPT Health Coach Program, which we are set to finish in November and will hopefully be nationally certified health coaches soon after. So we're very excited about that. And we've loved helping people through their own journeys and really realizing that there's so much conflicting information out there and that the simplest answer is usually what's true and the extremes are not necessary for most people. So we, we try to be a voice for real people that are just trying to be healthier and lead healthy lifestyles and appreciate and know their bodies. I love that. I love how you said you tried the mainstream solutions. I can completely relate to that. All of the exercising on the elliptical six days a week and all the low fat, low calorie, everything. I was in that same boat for a while. Um, and I think it's also cool, your Instagram handle that we'll obviously share at the end as well, but Realness Project, I think is just very cool, like you said, to connect to people's real lives and to give those tips of you know, one of you has a daughter and you're both very busy. So things that you can do that actually are sustainable for the long term. That's our main goal. Uh, we see a lot of um, solutions, uh, quote unquote, that seem impossible at the when you start reading, reading about, about them. Uh, recipes with all these weird ingredients and that take hours and hours to cook. And um workouts that take more than an hour and uh, all the equipment that you would have to buy uh, that it's just not reasonable for the majority of the people so we just want to um, tell people that you can be healthy with minimal equipment and with more mental effort than anything else one thing that i think is very cool because there's two of you is to kind of talk about um the diet I mean, obviously the word diet stinks. I hate it because I don't want people to think that I'm talking about dieting, but nutrition and diet practices that you follow in your life. I personally, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's sort of a one size fits all approach. So I'd be interested to hear what you both have tried that's ended up working for you and what overlaps there are and then how you're different as well. Sure. So we've tried literally everything, you know, from Atkins to the Zone Diet to low carb, low fat, Weight Watchers. 
Weight Watchers for a long time. Um, that was kind of our first really deep dive mm-hmm. into the diet world. And really what has worked and for, I don't want to speak for both of us, but what mainly worked was really starting from a paleo approach. And that led us more into this real food world where it's more about eating, you know, nutrient dense foods. And it doesn't mean avoid everything that's carby or that's a white potato, but it really just starts out from eating real food that has minimal ingredients and preparing it properly and going from there. If you make that the majority of your diet, that's that's, I mean, that's most of it. You can still have your treats and your things that you love. Like you don't have to eliminate anything if you start from this like real food first approach. Yeah, I think that's that's basically true for both of us. Um, in in my end, I think when I started to get healthy, I wasn't even thinking about food. It was just about exercise. I started to run, but I was eating whatever and drinking whatever and not really paying attention to that part until I came to live here and I think we started doing the whole 30 Mm. and that's where we kind of learned that um, certain foods work better for us and we just felt overall better started sleeping great starting uh, working out with more energy uh, became stronger uh, so it, we really noticed a lot of things that, that started changing for the better once we started to eat real food. And that's basically how um, what's been working for us ever since with a little tweaks here and there. Um, Viviana, I know, can do dairy a lot better than I can just because I stopped liking it <laughs> uh, mm. when I got pregnant. But um, other than that, I mean, we are really not intolerant to anything we're lucky I guess in that way but we choose whatever feels best and it's trial and error and it keeps changing with the seasons with our bodies with whatever's going on in our lives it keeps changing yeah I'm curious because I've read a lot about Weight Watchers I've never tried it myself but when you were doing Weight Watchers is there some type of emphasis on prioritizing whole foods or is it mostly just counting the points in foods so is it still kind of heavily processed the diet that most people follow under Weight Watchers so I can't speak for it now I know it's evolved a lot over the years but when we first did it it was all about the points so you could you know eat a bag of chips and that was five points but so was a steak because of its fat content and at the time we did it it was very very focused on the low fat end of things. And so anything with fat was basically really high points. And I think, I think it's changed a little bit in that regard. But I think the focus is still mostly on how many points you get kind of if if you're counting calories and being blind to everything else, all you care about is that number, which does not tell the whole story by any means. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that I've heard that end up stopping it and then gaining the weight back or just being on it kind of forever and just constantly in this cycle of counting, 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 which in my opinion is no enjoyable way to live. I'd rather just like you're saying, eat the whole satiating foods that are delicious and not worry about counting all the time. Do you guys do any type of calorie macro macro counting or is it mostly just again, focusing on real whole foods? 
Um, we, right now, I don't think neither of us are counting. Uh, we've done the counting macros a couple of times. Uh, whenever we feel that we are not feeling our best, especially with workouts, that's how we kind of figure out that we're not really um, performing. performing our best. So we kind of go back and figure out what we're doing that can um, use some tweaking. Um, so we did um, macro counting last year for like six weeks. I think it was uh, near Thanksgiving. Um, and it really helped, at least me, kind of figure out that I was eating very little protein and very little mm -hmm. fat. Even though I don't consider myself low fat, I, I was still eating very little fat. And as soon as I started upping my protein and my fat content, I started feeling a lot better and my body started changing kind of automatically, even though I wasn't, that wasn't my intention. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of... I learned from that and I still use it even though I'm not counting. I can sort of figure out my portions, just eyeballing it. And I do listen to my hunger cues a lot. So I've become really good at listening to my body in that way. Yeah, so macro counting and calorie counting I don't think is sustainable in the long run, but it is a great tool temporarily to figure out where you're at, especially if if you're new to the health and fitness world and you have no idea what you're truly eating or, you know, you're not feeling your best and you can't figure out why, just even if you're not necessarily counting macros, but just even writing down on a piece of paper what you're eating day to day can be very enlightening. It's just an exercise that is more of gathering da data than using it as and using it as a base point. It, it doesn't really tell you the whole story, but it's, it's just one more data point that as practitioners, we can use to help our clients the best. Totally. I usually have my clients fill out um, a kind of food and mood journal. And it's very enlightening for both of us. And it helps me to kind of help recommend simple swaps that the person can make. But I like how you frame it as more of a tool, almost a, like you said, a data gathering tool, like a scientist almost, not to look back and think, oh my gosh, you know, I feel shameful or guilty for eating X, Y, and Z, but just connecting what you're eating to how you're feeling and then noticing, am I eating too little protein or too little fat? Is that why I'm hungry all the time? So those are some really good points. What about in terms of sustaining a healthy diet? What are some of your tips that you do in terms of breakfast, lunch, dinner, any cooking or meal prep tips or tricks you have? Sure. So I think the first thing about sustaining is realizing that you're in it for the long run. So you're not just doing this to look your best in a few months. You have to really connect to your goals and realize that that it is, I know it's a cliche and everybody says it, but it is truly a lifestyle. So just like one, you know, cookie will not derail your weight loss if that's what you're looking for one salad will not make up for it so it's just what you do over long long periods of times and it's building those little everyday habits that really make the difference it's not in the extreme changes it's not in the huge movements it's in those little things that you can do day to day to to help yourself so one huge thing that helped me at least was meal planning and prepping. That was a huge, I'm not a huge cook. I don't love to spend time in the kitchen. 
I always get disappointed by what I cook. So really spending one day where I can dedicate to making my meals for the week and knowing that on a Monday when I'm home and I'm tired after work, I can put something in the microwave or heat something up real quick and it's going to taste good and it's going to fuel my body. That made a massive difference in how I eat throughout the weeks. And that made a massive difference in my life, really. And for me, I think the same thing, just meal planning and meal prepping. Even if I don't have time to do the actual prep, I write my meals in advance so I know what we're going to eat and I shop for that. Uh, so I don't get derailed in the store by all the good things and all the delicious uh, chips and chocolates that I might end up buying if I go in there without a plan. And just... Um, I always try to focus like on a day-to-day -day basis of fruits and vegetables and everything else just kinds of falls into place. So I always try to have either a fruit or a, or a vegetable with each meal. Um, so if I'm having lunch and I'm thinking I want a sandwich, I will have a salad too so that I can have some vegetables on the side. Um, and that usually makes me feel better physically and it doesn't make me feel hungry an hour later because it fills me up even if it's just like carby uh, potatoes or uh, yams or plantains uh, it usually fills me up so that's that's more of what I focus on and not being hungry all day and really the biggest tip I think we can share is to keep it simple mm -hmm. we would all like to be chefs and you know, cook these elaborate, beautiful, delicious meals, but it's really what is simple and what takes the least amount of time and what works on your schedule and your life is what you're going to keep doing. So like I eat a salad pretty much every day for lunch and I eat eggs for breakfast pretty much every day, which can get boring, but you can swap, like you figure out what works. You can swap out toppings and dressings and vegetables that go in it. And it, it just works for me and it might not work for everybody, of course, but just find something that fits into your life because that is what you will do. Not something that fits into my life or Laura's life, but what fits into yours. And also I would add, don't eat something that you don't like. Um, if you don't like kale, don't buy it. Don't <laughs> eat it. Um, choose another, another vegetable, choose spinach or arugula or you know, there are a lot of people just forcing themselves into eating vegetables that they don't like. And mostly it's about knowing how to prepare them. But there are some that are just not for for people. Like, I don't like okra. <laughs> I do, I'm not going to force myself to eat okra, but I know that I need, I need plenty of other things that are healthy enough. So I think just try and not force yourself to eat stuff that you just don't enjoy. Yeah, food is meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so true. And you're not going to sustain any type of nutrition plan if you're eating things you don't like. I know that I heard somewhere years ago, I heard cashews are healthy. So I was like, okay, got to eat more cashews. And then every day I would pull them out of my lunch bag and just dread eating the cashews. And then eventually I had this aha moment and thought, okay, why don't I just have almonds or macadamia nuts or some type of nut that I enjoy? And then all of a sudden, lunch was that much more exciting and amazing. And yeah, we, def we definitely don't want to be eating things that we don't like. Yeah, sometimes it's as simple as that. <laughs> I agree, for sure. So what are some of the things that you prep then? You mentioned eggs for breakfast, salads. What are some of your go-to um, make-in-advance meals? 
I usually like to prep at least some sort of chili um, at the on Sunday because it lasts all week and it's easy to hit heat up. So whether it's you know, it's usually ground meat or turkey with some sort of vegetables and some sort of sauce. So it can be a chili, it can be a bolognese type thing, it can be Italian. I can just do it in different flavors. And I usually do that at the very least. Like if I don't want to cook anything, I'll do that and at least have a few meals ready to go. Yeah, we also love the Instant Pot to do all that. So I always have on hand shredded chicken. And I just put like a few chicken breasts in the Instant Pot and a few minutes later I have uh, protein for every day for either lunch for my salads or dinner. Just throw it on top of any vegetable and potatoes and you're done. Or a tortilla and you have a taco. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And who doesn't love a taco? What it, you also mentioned that the mental aspect is so important when it comes to nutrition and health. So can you explain more of what you mean by that and just mindset shifts you've had to overcome yourself and that you help your clients with? Yeah, I think the biggest obstacle is guilt. And we tend to guilt trip ourselves into everything, into doing stuff, into not doing stuff. Um, so I could feel, I could think about all the things that I did today that I ate and I could feel guilty about every single one of them, even if they were healthy. Um, I could feel guilty about the salad that I ate saying it was maybe too big. Hmm. Um, So I think instead of uh, having a negative mindset about what you need to do or what you need to stop doing, just adding a positive. So adding things instead of uh, taking away. So instead of saying, I can't have that cookie, um, or I'm going to feel guilty after having the cookie, why not just have the cookie and then have a glass of water if that's going to make you feel better? You know, start small and trying not to feel guilty about it. We know it's hard. It's very easy to say uh, rather than do it. But instead of forcing yourself into, I cannot have that cookie because I will gain weight or all of my progress will go down the drain. It's more about my body's asking for something. Why is it asking for that? And just digging a little bit deeper into what that cookie represents, even if that sounds very um, profound. <laughs> um, just really asking yourself, what what is your body asking you and what is your mind asking you? Are you trying to sabotage yourself? Like for real, uh, a lot of people do that and that's fine. Maybe you're not ready to start with this journey or maybe you need to start somewhere else. Um, Maybe you are feeling guilty because you only ran 20 minutes instead of 40 minutes that you had planned. But, you know, maybe it was too hot today. So it's okay to run 20 minutes. It's okay to only walk. Um, We have to start small. Um, And we see a lot of these people on Instagram and Facebook and they started small and most of the time we don't really know where they started and we are only seeing the finish line Mm. and we are only seeing them with their bodies now with what they're eating now and we don't know what it took for them to get there and it usually starts with drinking more water and that can actually change our mindset as well just starting very small and having very small victories so i would say Um, For someone that's having a hard time feeling motivated, just to set very small goals that are actually achievable. Definitely. 
I like what you said about the guilt. Um, you had kind of mentioned earlier about gathering data, but I think one of the biggest game changers for me was when I took the emotions out of food and stopped labeling myself as good or bad for eating certain things and just saw it more as food is fuel. It's also fun. All types of food can fit into my life, but there's no need to have that stress about what you're eating because I would even argue that the stress you feel about eating the cake is even more damaging for your health because then you're adding the stress aspect to it. Just eat the piece of cake, enjoy it, and then move on from there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we we tend to really focus on the guilt side of things. And like you said, uh, either food is good or bad, and that makes us good or bad. And it has nothing to do with our morale. I mean, if I eat cake, I'm not a bad person. And if I eat broccoli, I'm not a good person. Um, so we have to take that emotion away from the food in order for it to really benefit us physically and mentally. And that is probably the biggest work that mm -hmm. we do with clients. And that's the biggest thing with a lot of us that we struggle with is to, to take the emotion out of it because it's very easy to say, but it's a lot of work to actually get there. But it's so important and life-changing when you do. I'm curious because I know you follow a lot of the similar people I do on Instagram and I'm sure others as well, but what are some of the nutrition and health myths floating around out there that really irk you? Oh gosh, there's a lot. <laughs> um, there, I mean... Anybody that tells you you have to completely eliminate anything from your diet and that that's the only solution, I mean, that's that's just not true. Um, that your worth has anything to do with how you look or how much you weigh. You know, anybody selling you that detox tea can go away. You don't need to, you don't need that. Your body <laughs> detox is really great on its own. You can definitely support your body to detox, but you don't need a tea that makes you poop more. Um, and really mostly that there is a one size fits all for health and fitness and nutrition and mindset, because it's great to see other people and it's great to get inspiration and it's great to get ideas, but you have to realize that you, you are an individual and what you do has to work for you and what somebody else does doesn't necessarily work. You just have to pick and choose and take from other people and create this lifestyle for yourself. And it's not a one size fits all. As easy as that would be for everybody. And then you mentioned sleep before. I don't I don't know which one of you said that you started sleeping better. But do you have any sort of top tips or go-tos for sleep? Um, we all know what we have to do in order to sleep better. We all know that we have to turn off every electronic in the house. Um, we all know that we shouldn't go to sleep with like a full, full belly. Um go to sleep early, try to get at least eight hours. We all know that. But truthfully, I mean, we struggle with sleep um, depending on where we are in our life. So we're, we're in a very stressful time right now. And I've been really focusing on sleeping better, even though it's stressful out there. And so what I've been doing is really trying to go to bed earlier and I haven't really been saying no to electronics. And that actually gave me the freedom <laughs> to not use it. So it sounds really funny, but when I gave myself permission to use my phone before going to bed, I stopped using it. 
Um, so I guess not really saying no to everything, just giving yourself, maybe put yourself a timer. Like I'm going to check Facebook for 10 minutes before I go to bed. And that's fine. Is that what it takes to go to, to go to sleep calmer instead of being anxiously waiting and just checking Facebook for three hours, put, put a timer and you know, you can do the blackout curtains if that works too. I personally like a little bit of light in my room. Um, so I don't close the curtains and, and also, um, just being comfortable with what you're wearing and with who you're sleeping with, if you're sleeping with somebody else, if they're snoring or maybe they're too close to you or too far away, the sheets, are they comfortable too? Like nobody really talks about that. But if you are very, if you're a person that tends to feel things like their sense of touch is very delicate, uh, the sheets can make it or break it. And just try to be calm before you go to bed. So maybe deep breathing and focusing on also maybe like try and trial and error of what food works so for me personally if i eat carbs before i go to bed i sleep better than if i don't and that took me i think i realized that maybe last year that if i eat potatoes before i go to bed i actually sleep a lot better than if i don't and for some people that might work and some for some people that might not work so it just you have to try and a journal is great for those for those uh, to to figure it out. Yeah, that's such a good point about again just being in tune with your body and figuring out what works for you. Because if somebody on Instagram posts, "I can't eat carbs before or don't ever eat carbs before bed," you won't sleep, and then you take that as a fact, then you may not have ever realized that that actually does work for you. Uh, so again, just getting back to the point of using some type of food journaling can be a really powerful tool. And I also, I mean, you make such a good point about how we all know what we should be doing. It's just whether or not we're doing those things. But I like your piece also of just kind of being gentle with yourself and not restricting. It reminds me of with food as well. The more you restrict something, the more you want it. So I think the more we tell ourselves, I can't look at my phone for two hours before bed or whatever, then that's not realistic. And we're probably just going to want it more. And then that might cause more agitation and stress and make you not fall asleep when otherwise you would if you would have just looked at your phone. I really like those tips. I know you guys are really big into the movement and exercise space. So I want to talk about some of your sustainable practices for that. Do you guys have a similar exercise practice or do you differ we're basically we basically like the same things we like crossfit and running <laughs> um we we've tried a lot of things we've tried Zumba. we tried uh cycling viviana really likes cycling i'm not really into it um but we we're really into running and crossfit mostly and we recommend the same thing with food just do what you like if you don't like weights and you like yoga, then you do yoga. If you like to dance, then try a dance class. You don't need to lift weights. You don't need to um, be able to do a handstand. You don't need to run a marathon in order to be healthy or fit. You can do whatever you like as long as you're moving and gets your heart rate up and makes you feel happy in the end. And usually what we found is that 
once you start with something, whatever it is that you really do like, you'll start liking other things because you'll get fitter. So you won't, so you'll feel better doing other exercises. So we started running, could not lift probably single weight for a long time. We were just cardio queens. And then that kind of slowly led us to experiment. I did class pass for a long time, which I loved because it let me go to yoga and cycling and Zumba and really let me figure out which classes I enjoyed and which ones I didn't and let me to kind of that path of I really love cycling. So now I have a bike at home and I love it. Um, But really doing what you love, starting out with something and eventually we find that it just leads to other things in movement because you event moving makes you feel good and usually people that start an exercise routine will get there where they find joy in movement and that will lead them to a whole bunch of other opportunities within that space. Totally. I agree that ClassPass is such a powerful tool if we're talking about all of these tools we can use. I used to have it when I lived in New York City, which is probably the best place to live with ClassPass because there's just studios (laughs) on every corner. Uh, And now I live in Oakland, California, and they're few and far between. And then there's the whole traffic issue. So I don't have it anymore. But I would say if somebody has never heard of that and they live in a city where ClassPass is great, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, But it's, I mean, such an incredible resource to be able to try all different classes. And then that's how I discovered that I really enjoy spinning and yoga. Uh, So it kind of lets you dabble without making a huge commitment to a gym or to a full-on yoga studio to just be able to try things out and figure out what you love. Yeah. And it's very affordable for your part. It is. Yes, it is very affordable. Do you have any go-to workouts that you do at home? If you enjoy CrossFit, I'm imagining right now for anybody listening to this, we're recording when most of us are still in the shelter in place mode, but do you have any workouts you do that kind of mimic CrossFit at home? So for me personally, I it I find it pretty hard to get into a CrossFit or weightlifting mentality at home. So I've been doing a lot of cardio, but there are I like um BBG Kyla it seems I seems I don't know how to say her last name, but she's great, but she has really great uh circuits that are body weight only for the most part that I enjoy doing at home and are easy and 28 minutes long. Um, I really, I've been trying, especially this uh, shelter at, at home uh, phase, uh, to truly really try something new. So I've been following uh, Julie Bowers for Paleo OMG, uh, her workout programs, and I really like them. I was very sore after every workout, and but you do need weights. So if you're looking for some body weight, I think she's she's actually launching a new body weight uh, program this week or something. Um, but I really like that. And if not, um, I usually look up online workouts from CrossFits all over the country and just try to maybe modify a little bit based on what I have and what I want to do that day and just really try and get it done in maybe 20 minutes or something because Otherwise, I just don't do it. If it's a very, very long workout, I don't like to do it on my own. There's also really great resources with apps like Nike has a great training app that you can choose whether you have equipment or not. They have a lot of body weight workouts. I think they have yoga. Class Pass, if you have it, also has workouts that you can do at home. Um, Peloton has a 
bunch of really amazing workouts that have personally gotten me through this quarantine. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of resources out there for working out at home. And a lot of people who start out in their fitness journey like to do it at home because that is where they feel comfortable. So just knowing that there are so many solutions out there, um, it is overwhelming, but there's so many really great options that you can find. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. ThriveMarket is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. I'm curious because both of you have tried, sounds like, the whole gamut of exercise and you've both gravitated to CrossFit. What is it about CrossFit that you both really love? I... (laughs) Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm kind of surprised that I liked it. Um, I remember when I started back in Mexico, I started running and doing Jillian Michaels videos. And that was my go-to. And I thought I was lifting very, very heavy weight when I was lifting maybe eight pounds. And I was, I, I, it made me feel very strong. And I think that's what we like about CrossFit, that after a workout, even if we don't actually lift any weight, and there are a lot of people in our box that lift way more than we do. Um, but it makes us feel so strong and powerful. And just I've noticed like different things throughout my day that I can do without struggle. And it's maybe silly things like going grocery shopping and taking everything inside in one trip. Or just being able to carry my daughter when she's almost four uh, without really any issues at all. And I remember when she was born, the pediatrician told me, uh, enjoy carrying her because you won't be able to do it after she's maybe two and a half. And I didn't know back then, but I I think I'm going to still be able to carry her when she's 10. (laughs) So... I mean, just those things, it makes me feel healthy, it makes me feel strong, and it makes me feel like I could do anything. And that's really the whole goal of fitness, right, is to make your body be able to do the things outside of the gym that you want to do for as long as humanly possible. So we want to be able to move our bodies until we're old, and we want to be able to walk comfortably and not miss out on experiences with people we love for as long as humanly possible. And that really is the goal of of CrossFit specifically. It's functional fitness. So it's how to build your body so you can function outside of the gym the best. But that's the goal of any fitness routine really ultimately is not to lose weight or look great. Those are great things, but it's really about being able to be free in your body for as long as possible. Definitely. And I think going back to the mental part of the mindset part, I have just enjoyed exercise so much more now that I see it as something I get to do rather than a punishment or, oh, I ate 
so many things over the weekend, so I have to go to the gym X number of times this week. I used to see it more as a punitive, and now I see it as an opportunity, like you said, to get strong and to feel really fit and awesome. And just even reframing it that way gave me this whole new enjoyment of anything I'm doing. Not that I always love exercising. I think that's a good point to make that I do it often when I don't necessarily feel like it, but even just starting with five minutes, usually after five minutes, you have the idea of, okay, I can keep going. But I don't always love getting started, but I always love how I feel afterwards. Exactly. And it's about the consistency of it. So just getting moving a little bit usually leads to those 20 minutes or those 30 minutes and starting with like with everything else, just starting small and going from there will usually lead you to a great place. And usually with uh, the mentality aspect, you do have to force yourself, especially in the beginning, to get it done. Um, We don't really like to hear that much um, about forcing ourselves to movement. Um, But when you really want to try something new, you have to uh, put on your pants, put on your tennis shoes and just get out the door. And maybe that's going to be hard the first day and it's going to be hard the first 30 days. But the reward is coming. And if after 30 days you just don't like it, maybe that's not the workout for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't work out. But you really have to force yourself a little bit. And it it also applies to food. You know, maybe you, you don't want to try new vegetables, but just give yourself that push to try new things and see how you feel after. Don't, like you said, don't use it as a punishment but more as an adventure of what what could happen after and how you're going to feel after. What motivates you to stick with your healthy habits? For me, it's my family um, and my daughter. And I really noticed the change when she was born that I really wanted to teach her how to move and just uh, incorporate movement and healthy habits in her life. Um, because we didn't necessarily grow up that way. Well, our household was not unhealthy. We didn't grow up uh, with fast food or anything, but it wasn't also the pinnacle of health. But I really do want to teach my daughter that she can do whatever she wants with her body, and her body's able to do whatever she wants it to do. And so we, we go running together, and she likes it. And I see my 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 effort all these years are starting to pay off with her actually enjoying movement and exercising and actually choosing vegetables and um, fruits and she loves to cook with me so I do it mostly for her and to to feel better just I know how I'm going to feel after a workout and I know how I'm going to feel after I feel my body the way I should so I just I just do it because I know I'm going to enjoy it. And for me, it's really been about really just the changes that I've seen and how I feel, how I look, how I talk to myself, the mindset that has changed in me. It's just, I have realized kind of, and I enjoy this lifestyle, you know, it's it's what I get to do with my sister. It's a It's something we get to do together, which is really, really great. And it's useful to have a workout buddy. But it's it's something that I truly now enjoy and motivation ebbs and flows. But it's just reminding yourself that you're doing this for a reason and that it's really about how you feel. 
at the end of the day and do you want to feel great or do you not? I think it's so great that you have each other for accountability. Is that something that you recommend to most clients or most people even is just to find that accountability buddy? For a lot of people that helps, for most people, I would say that helps a lot. Just having somebody that is depending on you, especially in the beginning where maybe going to a gym might be really intimidating doing that by yourself, but having a buddy to do that with, um, it can be super, super helpful. And, you know, now that we have social media, there's so many ways to get that accountability without having to actually go and meet somebody. You can connect online. There's communities of people doing this that can get help. There's coaches. So there's a lot of support out there if you look for it. And it definitely can help for a lot of people. And it's important to to realize that accountability also doesn't come with guilt. So we we are our, our accountability buddies, I guess my sister and me, and we don't use it just to guilt each other out of things. I'm usually the one that that tells her that it's time to go work out and it I don't I think I'm I don't pressure <laughs> that much but um in the beginning that really helped me if I said I was going to do something that I'm going to do it um and it usually helps me out right now if I tell my husband hey I'm going to eat more vegetables I'm going to do it just by saying it even if he doesn't have to do anything about it um so I like pushing people into doing things that I know that they want to do and they tell me that they want to do. Um, I think I'm very good at that part. <laughs> and a huge part of really all of this is, is and uh, like Laura's saying, accountability is also to yourself, just saying it out loud, writing it down on a piece of paper, checking things off of a to-do list. Those things are very just like they work. People really enjoy doing that. And that just is proven to help people keep going. So um definitely finding some sort of account and some people have that magic self accountability where they don't need to say anything and they're just magically decide something and do it and those people are amazing but for most of us we need a little bit of, of support from somebody else and and there's so many people out there willing to help so don't give up on looking is what I would say I agree 100% I'm definitely a list person I love to check things off of a list. And I guess that's my, as you were talking, I was realizing that's kind of my form of accountability, but yeah, you got to figure out what works for you. I'm so grateful for both of you sharing your time today. And the last question I ask each of my guests and feel free to have some one person answer. You can both answer, but it's just in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? I think for both of us, it really means to make that commitment for you to feel your best, to do what makes you feel your best. We all want to look healthy. We all want to look great. But really what that means is kind of like I was saying before, is we want the freedom to do the things that we love with the people we love for as long as possible. And making some of these healthy switches will allow us to do that, whether that's eating more vegetables, moving more working on your mindfulness, all of those things, just let us have the freedom in our bodies, in our minds, in ourselves to really enjoy our life to the fullest for as long as possible. Where can listeners follow and find you? Um, We are on Instagram and Facebook as at Realness Project. And we also, we have a blog. Uh, It's uh, the website is realnessproject.com. And people can also email us at realnessproject at gmail.com. 
And we are usually more active on Instagram and Facebook uh, right now. Our blog, we're doing sort of revamping it. And people can also work with us. Uh, we're taking clients one-on-one. Um, even though we're a team, uh, if you decide to work with me, you're working with me. And if you want to work with Viviana, then you work with her. Uh, we don't share clients just because of confidentiality. Um, but uh, that's us. That's where can, you can find us. We're bilingual, so we, um, we can help people in Spanish too. Oh, that's amazing. I'm curious, you're enrolled in the Chris Kresser course. Um, how do you guys like that? Um, we are enjoying it. Um, it's it's very different from the NTA program, and I think that kind of surprised us a little bit. But we're really liking that it's it's focused on two parts. It's a functional side of things, so it's more like the medical and the nutritional aspects like we learned at NTA. And we're also learning the health coach. So we're doing motivational interviewing and we're really learning how to be with a client. And I have a background in in mental health counseling. uh, So I know that part, but I know how to handle like the emotional aspect of a client. And this has really helped me uh, really handle the nutritional side of things with clients. So it's a long program. And it's an investment. It's time. Uh, you have to really dedicate time to it. But we're really enjoying it. And it's a great community. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I love Chris Kresser. Uh, and I've always just been curious about that course. It's it's called ADAPT, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I've always been intrigued by it. But maybe I'll check it out eventually. Uh, but just so grateful to have both of you on and to share your time with me today and to share so many amazing tips with everyone. So just thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We've really enjoyed the conversation and really thank you for inviting us to be on here. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was, it was really fun. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.